This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Die homie is ook die ene wat saam met Brad ons program vandag gereel het en aan mekaar gesit het, so baie dankie ook daarvoor and I think one of the most interesting guests that they brought to the table was Lucille May. It's wonderful to have you on the other side of the line, Lucille. Good morning, Wanda. Nice to be with you on the program. Now, Lucille, uh, she was a music teacher for 13 years and together with her husband started the Chauffeur Church Group in their front room and headed this church for 20 years. Currently, most of her attention is on writing and currently working on two books and articles and etc. I can just go on and on and on. And she also gives music lessons in between. She lives in Stellenbosch and have two sons and two grandsons. Now, we're focusing today um, on the, the book called The Rest. It's an English publication, Lucille. But firstly, yes. I want to start off with the first question, and I don't know, this might not be something that you think about anymore, but please share with us your childhood days and the effect of legalistic Christianity and the role of fear played in all of this. Oh my goodness, I was raised on fear of <laughs> hell, you know. Yeah. Um, my dad was, was a minister, and from a young age we were like, preached sermons like hellfire and brimstone. <laughs> so, you know, my whole my, my whole childhood life was, was kind of living in a place of fear and guilt, you know, that all-consuming guilt because I just knew, you know, that I didn't make the cut and I was petrified of death. Mm-hmm. And, and then I knew that I didn't have a relationship with God. Look, I mean, I responded to altar calls left, right, and center uh, in order to dodge <laughs> that, that dreadful place, you know, but yeah. my heart didn't change because my motivation yeah. wasn't to know God, you know, yeah. only at the age of 21 that I actually, I mean, God almost caught me unaware. How did this happen? <laughs> how, did, how did your life turn around when you met Jesus, really? Actually, you know, I was in my final year at university studying music, and um, and right in the beginning of the year, I remember I kind of started questioning the whole thing of God, Christianity, the Bible, mm-hmm. church, everything, because I looked at my life, and there was this English uh, girl in the in the annex with us. I was living in the Amsterdam annex in, at Stellenbosch. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, it was like it was like a changing moment. I thought to myself, now this girl is an unbeliever. She doesn't go to church, but she's such a nice girl. <laughs> and comparing her to myself, I'm supposed to be this great Christian, you know, because I was raised in, in, in a Christian family. And everybody said, look, you went forward for the altar call, so therefore you saved and you're going to heaven and everybody else is going to hell. Mm. And I looked at this one and I thought, no, forget it. This mm. does not work for me. Mm. And I just decided, this is it. I'm getting out of this whole book. I'm going to become an atheist. I don't like this God. He's unfair. Mm. And I just decided to chuck everything away. I took my little Bible. I, I, I threw it into the corner. I stopped going to church. It was wonderful. I was just sick of guilt. Mm. I was just sick of feeling guilty and this confusing God, you mm. know, that seems to be so unfair. And so when then for like six months, it was kind of, I just became aware uh, of like a kind of depression that that started taking me. Emptiness. And 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know how to define it. It was like, sure. and I remember by the end of the year, I was I, I was so depressed. I just sat on my bed, <laughs> and I'm, look, I remember I'm an atheist now. Yeah, I decided to be an atheist. I'm not going to believe in, in God mm-hmm. anyway. But then I was so desperate to talk to somebody, and there was nobody around. I cried, 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 stopped crying because my tears were up. And then I just banged my fist on the bed and I said, God, if you are there. Mm. <laughs> and then the most amazing thing happened. I think God waited for me to get to that place of being honest, you know, just being plain honest and not religious. Mm. And so it was like I knew God was there. It was the most, it, I can't explain it. Beautiful. He was there. And then it was like, as I started speaking to him, it was like I, I suddenly understood what, my depression was all about. I just sure. thought, look, everything in my in my life was going right, mm. but it was so darn empty, you know. Yeah. And so there was no purpose. It was like, just okay, so well, everything is fine and great, but there's no purpose. And I know that in that room, my heart, I didn't do any of the stuff that's, that's in the formulas, you know. I didn't mm. do the sinner's prayer or anything like that. <laughs> it was just an encounter with God, and I know my life changed right there, and it's and I've never left him ever, ever since then. Ironically, you've grown up in a, in a church with parents in ministry, but there is a beautiful story about small beginnings in ministry to a full-grown church. Tell us about this just shortly. Um, are you talking about about what what happened in, in, yes, in our you, ministry? Yes, when you oh, started okay, the yeah, shop. Mm. Uh, my husband was a wonderful man, uh, um, and people were just really drawn to him. Uh, um, and he would sit with people three hours at a time explaining wow. to them, <clears throat> you know, the gospel from Genesis to the map. People came to him. You know, we lived, he moved to Stellenbosch. He was living in Cape Town. I lived in Stellenbosch. I was a music teacher. Uh, um, he was working in Parliament as a handcart report. He had a ministry before that in Cape Town. Mm. But he came to Stellenbosch, <clears throat> where we settled. Mm. And um, but now people discovered him, and he would sit with them, counselling them. And I mean, the worst case scenario, people came, <laughs> and he would just lead them to the Lord, you know. And yeah. then they would wow. bring their friends, and they would bring their friends. And finally, I said to him, "Listen, you know, we are so busy, and you can't see all these people on their own. Why don't we just? Why don't you just tell them the same story?" One mm. one day a week, one evening. So we decided on a Thursday night. And so the people mm, started beautiful. coming. And yeah, and so just in our lounge, you know, I, I remember specifically these two chaps. You know, our place became so small. They were sitting under the piano, crouched under the piano. <laughs> and it was just wonderful evenings. Lengthy. The first mm. thing we, we taught them was to pray. You know? yeah, we had to beautiful. pray for the sound. And it was mm. wonderful. Then, you know, then we just expanded and it just happened. It's wonderful. You know, it was great. Yeah, exciting day. Yeah. We've spoken about fear. We've spoken about mm. um, legalistic Christianity. Mm. Um, so I can't not ask this question. How would you describe a relationship with Christ then per definition? And the big one, why does the church often get this wrong? The relationship with Christ? Yes. Uh, do, do you want me to explain that? Okay, now, relationship with Christ is like, you know, <laughs> when we think of maturity, we think of like becoming bigger and and mm. more, more sort of knowledgeable and all that. But when God speaks about maturity, he says, listen, if you don't become like a child, you cannot mm. enter the kingdom. And so it's all about becoming less, in a sense, you know. 
Wow. Becoming more dependent and, and less opinionated even, you mm. see. Mm. And, and trusting, it's, it's trusting your father that he really has your best interest at heart. So, mm. so at this stage, somebody asked, asked me, um, how did you have... How, how do you conduct your quiet time? You know, what do you mm. do in that place? Because I don't really know what to do, she said to me. Mm. And I said, you know, what would you do when you see your dad, you know, and you're a little kid? Mm. <laughs> uh, you'll just go, and you know he's a loving father. You'll just go jump on his lap and just talk to him about whatever you want to share with him. You know, if you've bumped your toe, you're going to cry on his lap saying, I bumped my toe. Mm. Uh, you know, just relax yeah. with the father. It's a wonderful, Absolutely. it's a but when we draw close to him, he draws close to us. We don't need a formula or you know, any, any kind of way of entering into his presence. He's with us the whole time. How silly of us. Love you know, it. In, in those terms. Yeah. I just love it. Now, your latest book uh, addresses fear. Now, yes. what is the definition of fear to you? And what was the effect of how uh, you know, COVID contributed to this fear in society? The definition of fear is the opposite of faith, really, the scripture says so. You know, now we Christians, we walk with fear and faith combination. We, 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 we believe, but then we're also fearful. And this book really wants us to get, to get that thing out of us, you know, because sometimes we make choices, for example, based on fear, you know. Mm-hmm. Shall I take this job or that job? This job pays more, so therefore my fear of lack will make me choose this job instead of maybe oh. the other job that God wants me to mm. take, you know. And so fear is the thing that holds us back from freedom, mm-hmm. freedom even to love, you know. Mm. If we understand God's love, there's a scripture, I think it's 1 John 4 verse 18, that says there is no fear in love, but perfect mm. fear Oh, sorry, <laughs> no, not perfect fear. Perfect love. Perfect love drives out mm. fear. You know, I never used mm-hmm. to understand this previous years, but this, this place that's called the rest mm. is really a place for me where we become one with God's love. It's not like this whole concept of God surrounds me with His love. His love, I'm in it. Fantastic. I'm in it. And f- from that place, I cannot fear. You know, when we, for example, we, we, we live in, 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 in so much fear, we're not even aware of it. You know, even fear of loving somebody. Mm. If I give my heart, my tender heart, I take it out of my bosom and I put it into somebody's hand, that mm. other person has the power to crush my heart. Wow. And so what do many people do? They just don't give their heart because mm. they're fearful of that crushing. Mm. But if you understand God's love, you, you know, and you live in it. Now, this sounds very trite, but it's an extremely deep concept, which I've gotten to know only in the last few years. You know, one is so free to love without fear of rejection. Hmm. You just don't fear um, disapproval, rejection, or anything, because you're in such a place of rest in his love that it, it... that fear just doesn't feature in your life. Oh, it's beautiful. It doesn't make doesn't force you to make the wrong decisions either, which exactly. is which your life yeah, in a in a in yeah. a different course. Now yeah. the defin of a definition of truth, you've given that to us uh, before, but we know that the truth is what sets us free. But now in this uh, 
time of COVID denomination society or denominated society where the word normal has really fallen apart as you mentioned it in your book uh, many are running to and fro looking for answers trying to find truth in the midst of a global mess of controversy and disagreement now yes. having said that the rest was one of the the books that was really birthed by all of this chaos and yes. i think it's a very apt book in this time because we're all looking for the truth, but in the end, yes. we merely have to find the rest. How would you define rest? Um, because I know many people say it's deemed to be overrated, really. <laughs> How do you find the rest? Well, this is what the book is all about. You know, the scripture says, be diligent to enter into my rest. Beautiful. You know? mm. So it's not something that falls out of the sky. Yeah, It is something that we should pursue, mm. you know. And if I can put it in a nutshell, you know, all of this COVID stuff, you know, the narrative about COVID and the vaccine and this and the mark of the beast and, you know, and this, and, and even all of the, you know, the disunity among believers, you mm. know, if you look at the fruit of all of the narrative, you know, it just brings such disunity and, and controversy, as you mm. say. And I believe it's a dis- from what we are meant to do, what our focus mm. should be in yeah. this life. And our focus in this life should be to know God. Mm. Beautiful. That's the it. knowledge of Him. Not mm. the knowledge of this and that and the next thing. As soon as we get our attention mm. off the pursuing of the knowledge of God and seeking Him and knowing Him, mm. we get distracted. And I believe the devil's got his finger in this whole thing even just for the idea of getting us distracted, you know. Sure. I mean, in, in, in the, uh, when you look at the, uh, um, at the thing of the, the parable of the ten virgins, you know, mm. that gets like used in, in, uh, and interpreted in so many ways, but at the end of the day, you know, what is that parable about? You know, the mm. five foolish and the five uh, uh, um, wise virgins. So five wise virgins simply had their lamps Falls with oil so that they could see in the night. This mm. bridegroom was coming in the night, and they needed to know God to find their way mm. in the night to get. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's not so complicated. People make it extremely complicated, mm. and so the whole idea is just, I mean, to pursue God and have His light. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, enlighten our understanding to know Him. You mm. know, there's that scripture that says, "Yeah, but." You know, I have done this in your name. I've prophesied in your name. And then Jesus mm-hmm. says, but listen, man, friends, I don't know you. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know you. So what is the most important thing for him is for us to know him. Absolutely. You know? And all of these other things, you know, should find their place behind and far behind the knowledge. Mm-hmm. The the and this is where we find rest and hence the book, The Rest. And um, yes. this is a book written by Lucille May. You're most welcome, or I would rather say I'd recommend you to get this book and get it soonest because this will change your life. And I'm not saying this like, you know, you know, all these <laughs> all these uh, uh, huge campaigns that they have and uh, pastors from America. Um, I just don't say this in judgment, but this is your moment and you need to buy the book now. We know in the end, uh, Lucille, you've gone through the mull. You've gone through a lot of things through the fire. 
God has taken you through all of that with one purpose, and that is so that people will find rest when they read a book that you already knew before time that you're going to write. So may God bless you with this incredible book, The Rest. Where can people get a hold of this book? You know, at the moment, I haven't actually distributed or even thought about how I was going to do that. My previous book uh, was on Amazon and take a lot and mm. in bookshops and stuff. But I must still get around to that. I've only launched this book now, the 7th of December. Yeah. So I'll get around to that. But at the moment, I'm sitting with stock. And so people can just contact me. I'll send them the book if they're far away. I live in yeah. Stellenbosch. Okay. also got a friend, my agent, Stella, who also, who's got the... Um, who, who does my publishing for me? She's uh, uh, she's on Lavender Moon, but but uh, it's probably I don't want to confuse you. Just give me a buzz. My number is zero eight two triple three five seven three zero. I'll repeat that: zero eight two triple three five seven three zero. And my yeah. email address is extremely simple. It's Lucille May at gmail.com. Okay, I've got all of those details. It's 082-335-730. And I'll almost certainly come and fetch my copy, uh, Lucille. Thank you so much for your time. May God bless you out of your socks. And um, yes, and may you experience just more creativity and more revelation from the Father's heart. Bless you, Lucille, and have a wonderful 2022. Thank you so much, Wanda. I enjoyed this. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.